Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. My guest today is Selena Pagan. Selena Pagan is from Cleveland. She graduated from Cleveland State University with a bachelor's in urban affairs and economic development and is currently the president for the Young Latino Network. This organization was founded in 2002 by a group of hardworking and forward-thinking Latinos with the goal of giving young professionals in the Latino community the opportunity to come together, network, mentor, and volunteer. Bienvenida a este episodio, Selena. Gracias por tenerme hoy. Selena, I know you and about you and have seen you grow over the past six years into a wonderful young professional, passionate for your community and for issues of social justice. Since the first time I talked to you in 2014, can you believe that? It was six years ago. Um, you were already wearing different hats in the Cleveland community. Tell us a little bit about the things you're a part of uh, lately. Yeah, so, you know, I am so grateful that we had the opportunity to talk back in 2014, and we actually did the first interview then, and I went, I, I rewatched it recently and have realized how much I've grown as an individual. You caught me fresh out of high school, <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. you know, um, six years later, I, you know, two years ago, I finished my studies at CSU um, and transitioned, you know, careers and jobs and have, you know, had so many experiences at this point. It's been really exciting. So right now I am full-time at the Metro West Community Development Organization, mm -hmm. which is the community development organization for the Stockyards, Clark Fulton, Brooklyn Center neighborhoods on the near west side of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And I'm the, I serve as the economic development and marketing coordinator for the organization while at the same time um, serving as the president of the Young Latino Network, which is a volunteer-based board of directors, a working board. Um, you know, I serve uh, as a member of the Jumpstarts Leaders Council, um, as well as a, a trustee on the Newburgh Heights uh, Community Improvement Corporation. So I still have plenty of uh, organizations that I'm, I'm a part of and that I assist with. Um, and I'm also an entrepreneur. I, I launched my marketing and website development for small black and brown businesses uh, last January. So I also do that on the side. So a lot of things that all intersect and I'm able to do really great work with a lot of this. Um, my focus, you know, for the last probably eight months has been civic engagement and education in the Latinx community, as well mm -hmm. as um, my economic development work, working with small businesses in the service area. So it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, Selena, I know you have many talents and interests, like you just mentioned. I mean, I, I wonder, Selena, if you have the ability to say no, but if you're like me, probably not. <laughs> and I know that you like cooking and baking. Does this fit into your interest on entrepreneurship or is it just something that you enjoy doing? So I struggle with saying no, I do. That's one of my <laughs> challenges because right. I, I, lo I love to help everyone, right? And I like to be a part of everything and I don't like to miss a beat. Um, but, you know, growing up um, and for a really long time, I, I thought that the baking, you know, I, I've done weddings and birthdays, baby showers, everything uh -huh. with my baking. Um, and it was, it's a, still a huge passion of mine. I, I've always wanted to open up a bakery um, or some sort of sweet shop. 
Um, and and I, I still wouldn't say that, like, it's still a possibility for me to do something like that at some time in the future. Um, it's still on the back of my mind. It's something that's definitely it started off as a hobby and I invested in my talents and took classes and really still love to do it. My family loves mm-hmm. testing, you know, my, my sweet treats. And so I mean, I if wish. you live closer, like I would <laughs> taste them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so fun. It's when I used to do it more, it was stressful. It's, you know, it would get stressful when it was for clients. And now I get to do it as just something for leisure. And it's been really fun testing out recipes. And, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely still a possibility for me in the future to open up some sort of sweet shop. <laughs> Great. Um, you have been actively involved in the many efforts around the economic development of the neighborhood of 25th and Clark Avenue in Cleveland a neighborhood that has been traditionally Puerto Rican. What have you witnessed in the past few years? How has it grown? What, what are the changes? What are the positive things that are going on? And I know that there's a lot of good things going on in this, in this neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this, this neighborhood has been a part of my personal story because of uh, my family's businesses in the neighborhood. We've been a part of the neighborhood for over 20-something, probably 24 years since I was born. You know, my parents started off um, working at one of the local barbershops that no longer stands today. Like, you know, the building was demolished, but Marcelo's Barbershop is where my mom started her, her career as a cosmetologist. Mm-hmm. And my dad put his first small jewelry showcase at Marcella's uh, as mm-hmm. SNR jewelry. And so um, now standing, uh, having their own brick and mortar for the past 20 years on Clark Avenue, right near the intersection of West 25th, uh, has really, is really what has brought, uh, fueled my fire to, to work with the businesses in this neighborhood and give this neighborhood our all because we are a community-based business like this is our neighborhood and we have this neighborhood's back and this community is back um and so since i started this work six years ago there's been so many changes there have been you know the most exciting thing for me has as a young person you know and and having now a leadership role um is seeing the other leaders that are coming up with me honestly my colleagues that are doing this work and we're in this work together um has been so exciting um, all the challenges that we're facing has also been very eye-opening um, right. from so many different angles. Um, but seeing the community um, and, and the leadership to ensure that our community is a part of all the changes that's happening is is one of the most exciting things. You know, we have leaders who are really making an intentional effort to uh, bring the community along this development, which is what we need to, to, in order to um, really preserve our community here in Clark Fulton. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, And and I know that part of that effort has also been, um, you know, having business incubators and and also La Placita, right? Every summer, uh, I've seen you there working, volunteering, at, at uh, the La Placita events, which I'm, I don't know what the future is this, this summer, just uh, given our current situation. Uh, but um, I've been, I, every year I've attended at least one, one of those um, uh, open market uh, days in, in, in the summer. Yeah. 
Um, and, and right now for Cleveland so far, the mayor has said he's, you know, he will not be issuing any special event permits for the summer so far. Mm, so right. a lot of these summer festivals are on hold, which, right. um, you know, Placita was going to be different this year anyways, just because Metro West has, um, was slated to showcase, uh, create the creative fusion project in the, in the Clark Fulton neighborhood. So things mm-hmm. are going to be different either way. Um, but really interested to see how it comes back in 2021. Right, right. Uh, Selena, you're currently, like you mentioned um, a little bit earlier, the president of the Young Latino Network. Tell me about this organization. How did you get uh, first involved in what's the mission of the Young Latino Network? Yeah, so, you know, YLN has been everything to me for the past Mm -hmm. few years. Um, I started as just a member back in 2014 um, when Jason Estramera served as the president of YLN. And uh, I was super involved, volunteered for everything. And then uh, in 2017, the board was up for re-election and I, you know, tossed my name in the hat and I was elected president. And so at that time, um, you know, this organization has been around since 2002 um, and it served its purpose as a young professionals group for Latinx individuals to meet up and um, provide some scholarships for professional development. But I felt like you know, we could do more. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm very, as, as a young leader in this, in this community and in this ecosystem of organizations serving our community, I like to push, like, I want to see more from everyone, right? Across the board. Mm-hmm. And even if, and especially from organizations that I'm able to assist, right? And be a part of. And so for a while in, you know, we're in a state of evolution, we are adapting to changes and, and, and really understanding um, our biggest, as we're building out this organization that has no staff, but is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're doing really creative and amazing work in our community. Um, as we're building it out, we're, we're really trying to understand the, um, what exists, right? What is the current state? What is the history of our community and of the organizations? what exists now, what is it that YLN could do really well, and how it can become a true stakeholder in this community, and how can we build it out and leverage collaboration and partnerships to carry out this work. And so the mission for YLN, you know, has been, you know, to serve as that civic engagement um, and leadership development organization. And so we still have that. It's still in our core pillars, but we've defined our core pillars now as development through cultural, social, I'm sorry, career, professional, and leadership development. Mm-hmm. And then our second bucket is civic education. And so it's voter mobilization, it's voter education, it's getting out the count for a census, it's figuring right. out or attracting resources to develop our, in, our community members to run for office, whatever office they choose mm-hmm. to run for, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that civic work. And then our social and cultural awareness bucket, which is mm-hmm. really understanding how our identity as Latinos, Latinas, Latinx individuals plays a role in how we participate in systems in mm-hmm. our you know in the workforce in healthcare in education as voters um and as advocates and so it's been really interesting to analyze this organization and just analyze the different experiences of community members we have like the most diverse board we've ever had hmm. in terms of you know 
Cleveland can be very Puerto Rican and I, and I'm a proud Puerto Rican. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> yes. that's never been a problem for me, but I am also a, a global, you know, a student of the world. And I love the, the many cultures that make up um, what we, you know, what this, this nation has like put as Latino, Latina, Latinx, right. All the different countries that make it up and all the cultures. Right. And, and as a, as, as an organization that attracts Latinos, you want to make sure that, um, it represents, you know, mm-hmm. a variety of people. Um, otherwise, they'll be like, oh, that's the Puerto Rican organization, which is not the intention of this organization at all. It's not the intention. And it's just the reality that a lot of folks have felt in Northeast Ohio, not just with YLN, but with many organizations that serve mm-hmm. our community. And, and that's just the reality, right? That's what um, has been a, a, tr- a real feeling. And, and I think there's nothing wrong with like, that right it's a reality that people are facing and we have to acknowledge that and be aware of that as we do work moving forward and so right now i'm really excited because this new board that just got voted in december early january is confirm like we're made up of uh, i serve as the president I, I identify as puerto rican i am puerto rican and then we have roberta duarte who is from paraguay mm-hmm. um, marcia moreno from chile diana giraldo mm-hmm. from colombia y venezuela um, Stephanie Rodriguez from Dominican Republic. Uh, we have Jose Colón, who serves as our chair of civic education, who is our, uh, who's Puerto Rican, and Maria Pineda, who's our chair of special events, who's um, Salvadoran and Puerto Rican. And so this is like, you know, we're able to understand. That's amazing. And, Congratulations. And really, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and there's majority you know, women. So, you know, yes. it's good too. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> we have some really cool guys out there that are members and we're looking to attract them to the board, but women are definitely running the organization <laughs> right now. And Jose Colón doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, but, you know, on top of that, not just like where they're from it's, it, or what ethnicity or, you know, culture they identify mm. with and what they are. It's also their experiences. So some right. of us were born and raised in Cleveland. Some of us were born abroad and studied in Cleveland. Some mm-hmm. of us were born here and were raised abroad. Um, some of us speak Spanish and English. Some of us are um, more dominant Spanish speakers than English speakers. And all of these experiences have added to like how we move forward with programming and try to figure out how we attract or try to provide some sort of you know resource to all of the folks across the spectrum, which is not an easy task to do. And we're not trying to solve that and do that all at the same time. But be able to provide opportunities every once in a while for folks to really engage and provide them the resources and access to information. Right. Um, are you? I I remember um, uh, from years ago, and and I, I haven't seen this um, advertised uh, lately, but maybe I've missed it. I know that you, the organization has this fundraiser called Guayabera Night. And I wonder if, and, and if you're continuing with that, if you're planning to keep that um, Guayabera Night um, uh, fundraiser. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so Noche de Guayabera is our signature summer event, which is so much fun. We have such a great time hosting that event. We thought we've also added some smaller events um, that we're, you know, to diversify because Noche de Guayabera is very Caribbean. And so some folks, you know, it's still great fundraiser and just a celebration in the summer but we've also um you know a year or two ago added um a dia de los muertos celebration 
mm-hmm. and then doing something for Las Octavitas para las Navidades mm-hmm. um, and other slightly bigger events. Um, but Noche still is our key signature event that everybody looks forward to for a nice summer evening like party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there we highlight some of our members and, you know, provide like, we, we really like the fact that we're able to, to highlight some of the members that have been doing really cool work in our community for the year. And we're looking to elevate that even more moving forward. Unfortunately, for this year with this this pandemic, we don't know what we're going to do for, you know, Noche this year. But we are looking forward to, for sure, a, a great event in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, Selena, who should join Wylan? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that because mm-hmm. as we're evolving as an organization, we've realized that support comes from, like, you know, the Latinos, Latinas, Latinx individuals in our in our community, but also our allies. And so uh, moving forward, we're adding two different membership types. And so, and we're also really revisiting our membership model. Um, you know, anyone who attends a YLN event um, doesn't necessarily have to be a YLN member. Um, right now we have uh, a Latinx membership and an ally membership. And so anyone can join YLN at this point. Um, and serve the ally membership was created for folks who really um, want to support our mission and what we do. Um, and, and we have a lot of allies out there, which is really exciting. We're also um, really trying to diversify our member base because traditionally we may have attracted more of the professional and educated individual when in reality that like folks who Uh, don't have degrees or haven't gone to college, uh, don't feel comfortable in these spaces, right? Mm -hmm. But they're active community members that should be developing as leaders in our community. Um, And so really, we've been trying to do a more intentional job of reaching out to folks who don't feel like they belong in these spaces and really trying to create an environment of belonging for all of the folks that make up our community. And that's, that's no easy challenge because the organization has been around for so long and has done things a certain way. Um, the really cool thing is that our board of directors right now understands how we need to evolve as an organization and we're okay with change. Um, and that makes this organization a lot more fun to work with when we can really um, adapt to the needs of community mm-hmm. right, so easily. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but it's still uh, primarily uh, people that are within the area, right? Within the Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cleveland proper, regional, Northeast Ohio. We have members everywhere. Um, we're also looking to launch a Wildland Ambassadors program that would allow us to support um, university groups like Latin, Latinx affiliated um, university groups. And so that's something we've been talking about that we were right now looking to launch um, with Notre Dame College here in Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, we realize that, you know, we need the pipeline of one members and just professionals and individuals in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we understand that sometimes these groups on campus are under-resourced. So how can we support them? Um, yeah, uh, that's a great initiative. Um, I Maybe we can have later a conversation about how you uh, can come to campus, uh, Ohio State in and talk about that, right? Because one of the things that happens uh, to to our students, our, our Latina, Latino, Latinx students, and many who come from Cleveland and um, are more likely to return to Cleveland after they graduate. Yeah, that, um, that they build a community, right? They build mm-hmm. a community at Ohio State, uh, but then once they graduate, they feel like 
they're not connected anymore, right? Yep. And so how do we make sure that those channels exist uh, where they graduate and then let's say they move back to Cleveland and they just easily transition into Wyland, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and become, and so um, that's a, that's something really um, to think about and to see as you grow and, and, and think about how you best serve um, all types of, um, of uh, members. Um, what, what could your reach be if we also start making, um, you know, those young professionals aware of the organization when they're, when they're in college? Yeah, absolutely. And so these are, this is, this is, this is an example of how we are thinking about our community and thinking of like some of the needs, um, and these pipelines, we're always talking about pipelines and ecosystems and looking at things holistically in this mm -hmm. work. And so that's part of what we do. Right. Um, how is the organization and your community helping under our current pandemic situation? This is this we're May we're May first right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, twenty twenty, and we're living under strange circumstances. Uh, we're all pretty much working from home, uh, but still, like I mean. Selena, I follow you and I see how active you are even in our stay-at-home order and <laughs> home work environments. So I, um, you know, I, so I'm curious how, what, what kinds of things you're doing and, and what challenges are you witnessing um, that are, you know, especially that our community, the Latina, Latino community are facing in your area or just across the state? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been really, really hard on a personal level. Um, I've had a really hard time adjusting with this pandemic um, because I, you know, I never slowed down before this and, and this kind me of forced neither. me to. Me and, and so that was, you know, that's one of the positives that have come out of it. But in all of this, you know, I know that there are others in our community that don't have an option to slow down. Like they have to survive. And so um, a lot of, there's so many challenges that have come up in this pandemic. And I've been able to, you know, stay active as much as possible through, you know, and, and make sure that YLN is there for the community and providing what the resources it needs um, that it can serve and, and provide, as well as my, you know, Metro West and, and what we provide as services to the community. And one of the key things is access to information. Like our people are not mm -hmm. getting the access to information they need in a timely manner. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's language barriers. Mm -hmm. There's the fact that a lot of the, you know, the fact that the, the, the ugh, excuse me, the digital divide, there's yeah. language barriers, there's a digital divide, there is lack of culturally competent resources. Mm, yeah. There's um, a lot of things, um, and it's, it's really unfortunate because um, it's been a constant challenge to get access or provide access to information through, to partners or to community members and businesses that are being impacted during this time. And so I think that part of that, you know, has been being able to provide bilingual materials and, and share information in Spanish, which, you know, hasn't been easy to do, but partnering with folks um, like the Cleveland Foundation to send out a mailer with information translated in uh, a few different languages, right? Knowing that like 
our community might not be on our Facebook, it might not be on our e-newsletter, it might not right. be receiving robo-texts or robo-calls from any of the organizations. So how do we get stuff to their doors? And so the way we've adapted, especially for the civic engagement work that we've been doing with, with regards to voting and census, we launched last month La Caravana de la Democracia. Mm -hmm. And that was a project that was inspired by, I saw a video of the stay-at-home order in Puerto Rico where the police had the police were escorting a vehicle with loudspeakers and mm. like this the, the pickup truck with loudspeakers is so common in Latin America and the right. Caribbean <laughs> and I'm like oh well that's a really cool way to get information to our community mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we did and so we launched that on April 18th to to provide information about the vote by mail process here in Ohio Mm -hmm. And for the upcoming election, the, the primary election that was moved to April 28th. Mm -hmm. And so that was this week. That work was intense because mm -hmm. a lot of the work that we're doing right now is rapid response. And so right. things have to move as fast as possible to mm -hmm. make that happen. And so when one of our partners, Cleveland Boats, came up to us about a couple weeks ago, um, and we, we pitched this idea of the caravana, it was uh, really cool because you know, we had 10 days to do this, uh, <laughs> to put this together. Um, right. and so we had to bring in about eight different partners to provide some sort of, uh, assistance with this project. And it came together. It was so cool. And, and mm. it may not have had the biggest impact, but our community knew that we're here. We're active. We're, we're trying to provide information and resources. Like this community is not going to be left behind. Right. Well, that's great. And, and I'm glad, I mean, it sounds like you have a team of people that are, you know, that are just as committee, committed as you are uh, to getting this information to everybody. Yeah. And so we're launching, our next one is going to focus on census messaging. The census, yes. And we're going to be launching that, uh, again, in partnership with Metro West and Clark Fulton. To and do, are, you do, and it, are you doing another caravana? Yes, it's going to be yes. uh, another Caravana de la Democracia, focusing mm -hmm. on census, and we're launching our Let's Get Loud census project is essentially we're providing face masks to community members, and they are branded with census messaging that says Latinos plus census equal cambio. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be distributing them in our next caravana, which is going to coincide with uh, a day of action in the Metro West service area. So mm -hmm. on top of the caravana happening, we're going to have a group of volunteers dropping off census kits at people's doorsteps mm -hmm. on top of a voter registration drive through in one of the local parking lots and some street cleanups that are going to be happening. So we're working with tons of partners to put a, <laughs> on this day of action um, on May going to be on May 17th. Uh, it's going to be a Sunday afternoon, so hopefully the weather's wonderful. Yes. And we're really excited to get back out in the community. There's so much energy there in Cleveland, and, and you bring so much energy to everything that you do. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Selena, I know you've had uh, wonderful mentors. Um, how does Wyland work to provide mentor, uh, leadership and mentorship opportunities for young professionals like yourself? Yeah. So, you know, understanding leaders who have made it in our community, right, and, and have obtained leadership position, um, have fought to be where they are now. And so it's really important that we are able to build a pipeline um, of mentorship. And my board and I really struggle with this idea of mentoring and mentorship in a traditional sense that has been kind of something 
here in the U.S. that that we we really don't. When we talk about mentoring and mentorship, we there seems to be a challenge with that idea um, with this group, these the my colleagues and and the folks in my generation. We the way we build community has kind of organically done this mentoring thing in a mm. different way. We don't call mm-hmm. it mentoring though. Um, a lot of it is building community. Um, and coming together, doing something together, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really interesting because we struggle with this idea of mentorship or calling it that. Um, but we understand why it's so important and, and transforming the way we define it and how we see that is really important for us as an organization as well. Um, one of the things that people often think of when you hear mentorship is that you're being mentored by someone who has been in a career for years. Um, and what we see now is that we are mentoring each other as uh, different generations are mentoring right each other. But we also have this within this um, generation itself where we're leaning on each other and learning from each other. And there's still a lot of value for learning from leaders that have been around for a long time, right? They have Mm -hmm. all this knowledge, this institutional knowledge and all of these, this social capital that they can pass on. Right. Um, But it's not easy, right? It's not easy for um, the intergenerational dialogue and and community is a huge challenge in in Northeast Ohio. And I think that YLN has been really trying to analyze it and see how we can build a better pipeline, um, build community and trust amongst the different generations that exist to be able to carry out good work. And so different generations have learned from those that have come before them. And I think that that is really critical and we understand that, but we have a lot of work to do as a community. Um, Part of that is, um, and, and one of the things when we talk about leadership development and professional development in YLN is very different from a traditional, you know, YP group, a young professionals group, because we talk about things that aren't normalized in these settings. And, and a lot of that is trusting each other, right? Um, a lot of things that you, a lot of key factors or key components of, of building a family or the trust or those things that are really in, entre familia, Mm-hmm. And, and so that's how we go about building community that is when we're in non-Latinx spaces, a little challenging to continue to uh, develop and, and practice. And so my, you know, the folks that I work with now, I really tried to set an example of, of, of what we want to see moving forward and, and setting the expectation that in order for us to truly work together and do good work for a long time and that it's efficient and sustainable is that we need to be able to trust each other and come to each other in this as leaders in the community. And so to do that, you know, we have to be okay with having really hard conversations mm-hmm. um, and, and being okay with disagreeing, but being able to work through it. And so, so the idea of like mentorship and leadership has a lot to do with the core, you know, with, with what that means and defining what those, um, what the, the, the aspects of that are. It, it's challenging. It's, it's not something that's going to change overnight, but mm-hmm. influencing generations to really think in that sense um, will help us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to learning more about that as you, as you 
you and 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 your peers figure that out. Um, I, I'm sure I can learn a lot uh, from that because I I work with uh, with a lot of college students and 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 we discuss those things on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and those things aren't normalized. And when we're when we're looking at our professional network about talking like in this way, and and mm-hmm. I talk differently, and, and I don't try to like the the way I talk to folks and in, in these settings, like I keep it real, like I keep mm-hmm. it transparent. I I don't need to sugarcoat things. I need to be upfront about it, um, which can come off aggressive too sometimes. Like I can come off very aggressive, but um, that's me as a my as I'm learning as a leader um, and my emotional intelligence and all of those things are, are what are going to develop me and my, my colleagues and our members into like leaders that can adapt leaders that are collaborative leaders that are trusting and that are, you know, just, it's amazing. I, I really, we have a really cool group of individuals who think this way and we're starting to see more and more uh, uh, like leaders align with that kind of, way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Um, and I know that that's really going to be what carries us forward. Great. So, you know, what are you most looking forward to doing when we return to normal life or maybe a new normal life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think definitely new normal is definitely the way to go. I don't, I don't think things will go back to normal. When I think of new normal, I think that sh- certainly it would be difficult to think of a new normal when it comes to dancing. How would you dance in a new normal, right? A salsa, bachata, like how does that happen? Oh my goodness. But anyway. I, you know, I'm struggling with that because I love to travel, especially mm-hmm. like I travel a couple times a year to Puerto Rico. Cause that's like, I have this thing where I need to like rejuvenate my soul with the mm-hmm. island and I have to have those experiences every once in a while to break away from this fast, you know, moving pace lifestyle. Um, so I, I'm, I'm struggling with this idea that I can't go immediately back to traveling because that's just too risky. Right. Right. The parties and gatherings and, and the social life, I'm a social butterfly. All my friends <laughs> and I are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's hard. I'm looking forward to safely, you know, creating a, a new way or safe spaces to, to interact and, and still maintain some sort of social distancing for a little while, but figuring out how we can do that and still enjoy our lives, right? <laughs> 2020 cannot be this all year. Oh my gosh. Yes. No. Yeah. That's it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare to think about that, but, but we, we will get through it. I know that, that we will. Uh, Selena, is there anything else that you would like to share uh, with us about you, your work or yourself or any future plans? Yeah, um, well, I think that, you know, we've covered a lot lot today. And I think that I I just really appreciate these moments because they allow me to reflect on what I've done Mm -hmm. because I can be really hard on myself um, as a young leader facing the challenges and understanding everything going on has not been easy. It's been a lot. I've I've always felt like there's a lot of stuff on my shoulders, like right, Mm -hmm. a lot of weight on my shoulders. Um, And at the end of the day, I'm human, right? And so um, I always have to remember to take care of myself. And and I'm huge on like mental health right now, uh, just because it's, it's a struggle for folks, for organizers in our community, because the odds always seem against us and time always seems against us. Um, and so just taking care of each other, honestly, like we cannot move forward without community care and self-care. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really important for me. And it's like, I can leave that with anyone. Just take care of yourself and take care of community. And then that's it. <laughs> Selena, gracias por esta conversación. Gracias a ti. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Mm-hmm.